Well, I love that prayer. That's a, that's a sweet thing to be able to, it's kind of a weird thing, uh, a hard thing to be able to say that, that we're in a, a place of desperation and we're lost without him. Uh, but when we admit that, we're going to experience uh, his presence. We're going to experience who he really is. And that's going to be a really sweet thing. That's what we've been trying to do as, as I just knew I had this awesome privilege of standing up here and opening up God's word with you a few more times and really wrestled with like, what do we do? What do we, what, what do we talk about? Well, what else should we talk about? Let's talk about who God is and let's get our focus on him. And so what I want you to do is uh, grab your Bibles and, and we're going to go to Psalm 23, uh, Psalm 23 tonight. And uh, again, like, man, uh, what, what we thought, um, that there's nothing better that we could do than to just get all of our attention on who God is and see his character and his beauty on display. And so a couple of weeks ago, we kind of started this series by uh, looking at the fact that our God is unchanging. Uh, that, that he doesn't change in his character, in his perfections, in, in, his, in his promises and who he is. And because of that, the fact that, that he's unchanging means that we can trust him. We, we can lean into that because he's always going to be who he's always been. He's going to, the, the, the same God that we experienced before and his goodness and his mercy and his grace and his loving kindness when we've experienced that, he's going to be that today. He's going to be that tomorrow. He's going to be that the day after that. And so, so we can really lean into this God and, and trust him because of that. And then last week we saw uh, that he is great and he is good. And, uh, by the way, because he's unchanging, that means he's always going to be great. He's always going to be good. And the appropriate response then is for us to just worship his greatness. And, and we also want to share his goodness with others. We want to be a church that is just passionately in love with Jesus Christ and, and longs to share him with others that we love Christ and, and live sent for his glory. And, and, and these truths are just going to deepen our trust in him, compel us to, to love him and worship him, just have an, an excitement and an urgency to keep getting after the mission uh, that God has given to Fairfax Bible Church. And uh, so I think these are encouraging truths for us. And another one that I want to look at tonight, here's, here's what we want to see in Psalm 23. You know it. It's this awesome truth that God is my shepherd. I know this is a, a, such a, a familiar text, but it's so, so rich and necessary uh, for our hope and our confidence in the gospel. And, and seeing the Lord as my shepherd is deeply personal and, and comforting. And whatever it is that, that um, you're going through, uh, right now, uh, this truth that the Lord is your shepherd can give you confidence to follow him. You can trust him. And it's going to give you this uh, comforting promise that he is with you. And, and, and what I want to do tonight is, as we look at Psalm uh, 23, what we're really trying to do is get our eyes on Jesus. Um, 2 Corinthians tells us that all the promises of God find their yes in him. It, it all points to Christ. And, and so as, as we're about to read um, Psalm 23, I actually uh, want you to keep another scripture in mind. Because hundreds of years after David uh, wrote these words in Psalm 23, Jesus fulfilled them. And uh, he said this, I've got it for you on the screen. John chapter 10 uh, verse 
11. You'll want to write that down. Uh, John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This this is kind of going to undergird everything that we're going to see in Psalm 23. Uh, He is the fulfillment of this. And there's nothing more than we need than to just see Christ and be reminded of his sacrificial love for us so that we would would love him, so, so that we would treasure him, so that we would trust him, and uh, so that we would uh, want to live for him, spend our lives uh, for his glory. So with John chapter 10 in mind, and and that moment where Jesus spoke that and, and reminded us that he's the fulfillment of this, why don't we read Psalm 23? I know you know it, but let God's word just Press this truth in on your heart. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I, will, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to give you, just kind of break this down into three uh, confidence building and comforting uh, truths tonight. Here's one. Here's the first thing that we see. is that because my shepherd is leading me, I have all I need. I have what I need. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So, so God uses this, this metaphor of being a, a shepherd to describe himself and his relationship uh, to us. And, and, and I, I, listen, I get that this imagery is really familiar to us, uh, uh, but, but most of us not by experience, right? Where, where are my shepherds at? We got any shepherds? Like, okay, I didn't think so. Uh, I, I, I realize that some of you may have been a shepherd when you were like four or five in, in the Christmas Eve production, okay? Uh, but I didn't even check. Uh, I'm just assuming that the percentage uh, of uh, the workforce in Fairfax who are shepherds is pretty low. And uh, so this is not something that we're like really all that familiar with, except we are, okay? And, and, and so while we may not contextually uh, really understand this imagery, we get it. We get what it's talking about. Uh, what's really clear to us is that sheep are pretty dumb. Did you know that? How many of you have been to Frying Pan Park? You've seen the, the sheep over there, right? Like, the, the, like sheep are helpless and, and vulnerable and, and um, man, they, they're, they're, they're needy. Uh, this is, when, whenever you see this, this is never a metaphor that should uh, pump up our pride and make us full of ourselves and think that we're awesome. When the Bible calls us sheep, this should level us, okay? This is kind of uh, humbling for us to uh, see ourselves in this way because it just means that, that we need a lot of help. And while all that's true, uh, the focus here is not on the sheep. 
The, the focus of this text is actually on the character and the actions of the shepherd. And so while it's important for us to understand how this works, really what this does is this just elevates the importance of, of God's power and his kindness and his goodness to us and reminds us uh, how much we actually need him. And so verse 1 says, Be, because he's my shepherd, um, David says, I shall not want. The, 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 the idea there is that I'm not lacking anything. I'm not missing uh, anything that I really need. Why? Well, it's because of verse 2. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he, and he leads me beside still waters. We love this text because honestly, this is just a beautiful and poetic way of describing the, 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 the provision and, and, and the peace and the security and, and the rest that, that God leads us into. And, and, and I had this picture up here um, I, I, I took this uh, when I was in Israel and, and Jordan. Uh, I got the opportunity a few years to go there, and, 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 and I think we were, uh, this was actually in Jordan. We were uh, standing there. I'm, I'm like looking out over this vista, over, a, you know, like a ravine here. It was like beautiful, and I turned around and saw, here's a modern day, well, in, in, in that part of the world it is, uh, a shepherd leading his sheep. And you can just kind of tell uh, from uh, that picture, looking at the landscape, you can see how, how tough it might be uh, for sheep to uh, find something as basic as food in, and water if they're left to themselves. Like just looking around there like, okay, that might be a little difficult if, if it's just like up to me as a sheep to, to figure this out. So part of the job of a shepherd is to make sure that the sheep get to a place where they have what they need to survive. And that's the way that the, the shepherd kind of helps provide for them. And oftentimes in Scripture, when God uses this imagery uh, uh, to describe, uh, he, he actually talks about how he led the people of Israel out of Egypt and into the wilderness, and he took care of them in that way. That, God was shepherding them on the way out of there, which is really interesting because when the children of Israel thought about that at that time, they really questioned God's uh, care for them in that moment. In fact, if you remember the story of the children of Israel being shepherded as the, uh, as, as the Lord is leading them out into the wilderness, they kind of assumed that the reason that God was doing that, he was leading them out into the wilderness to kill them. Like he was just going to like abandon them and, and they were just going to die of, uh, of starvation, which of course that's not what God was doing and, and he always took care of them and, and in fact he did it and provided for them in some pretty miraculous ways. But, but when we see that kind of uh, the, the imagery of what God did there and, and, and his faithfulness to them, what it tells us is that when God is leading you, you never have to worry that he's an incompetent guide who's just going to get you stuck out in the middle of nowhere and he can't take care of you. Like he can't provide for you. When he is leading, you have all that you need. And that doesn't mean we're not like going down into the health and wealth prosperity gospel that, that like, you know, that, that, that because God's going to provide for you, that means like suddenly you're going to have like a Tesla and, uh, you know, your like 401k is going to be all like filled up next week. And like, that's just, that's not what he's, that's not what he's talking about. He is what we need. And he says that he, 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 uh, he makes us lie down in green pastures and, and, and still waters. That, that conjures up a, a sense of abundance and, and peaceful security. And, and remember what we saw at the beginning. 
John chapter 10 reminds us that Jesus is the good shepherd. And so that, ab- that abundance of generosity, that, that, that provision and peace is found in him. You're not going to find that in um, the idols of, of comfort. Those things that, that we kind of run to and, and, and we think that we need to give us a sense of, uh, of security and, and to kind of calm our stress. Peace doesn't come from getting stuff or better circumstances because peace isn't a place, it's in a person. And, and, and so we need to get to this place where we just recognize Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the one. That, that provides for, he is the one that, that makes me dwell in security. So, so you would want to get to this place where you're able to say to the Lord, Lord, you are what I need right now. Lord, you're what I need right now. Even though sometimes we just have to be honest with the Lord and confess in those moments, like, God, I, I'm really stressed and, and, and I want to believe that you really are what I need right now. But I am tempted to think that like what I, what, what I really need right now is like 15 minutes. That's just 15 minutes of quiet in my house. Like I just need my kids to just be good for 15 minutes. That would be great, like, right? Or what I really need is like a weekend away. I just need some vacation. Or, or, or what I, like what would really help calm my nerves and, and, and the stress that I'm dealing with is, is if I really got that promotion uh, with, with the raise at my job, right? Like that's what I need. Or I need to, I need to find my soulmate as, as we lock eyes across the coffee shop or 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 i i just need like uh to 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 pound some double chocolatey fudge ripple ice cream or something because i'm super stressed or i'm i'm sad like that's just what i need or i need to escape into netflix or i i I just need some time it's just like hang out on my phone for a little while or i need a new phone or i need a new car i need whatever it is that i'm seeing that everybody else has on instagram right now or 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 i need answers about my future i need clarity uh, about what's uh, next and what this season is going to look like. Man, we could list off all sorts of things, can't we? All, all these things that, that, that we would say, we need this or we, we're just not going to be able to be happy or I'm not going to be able to feel secure. But when you see the Lord, when you see that Jesus is the good shepherd, he's the one that makes us lie down in green pastures and leads us beside still waters. We're able to say, like, no, no, I, like, I, I don't need anything else. As long as you are the one that is leading me. I have all I need. Why? Because look at verse 3. He restores my soul. That, that you could actually, that, that has the idea of experiencing deep spiritual renewal and refreshment. Like God gives you life. Listen, none of those things, as great as they are, it'd be great to have a new phone. It'd be great to have 15 minutes of quiet in the house. It'd be great to get that raised. Those things can't bring you this soul-satisfying refreshment, can they? See, Jesus gives us life. What's interesting is in the verse right before Jesus claimed to be the good shepherd in John chapter 10, he said this, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Can you say that right now? Can you look and just say in whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life, can you say, this is the life. That, that's, the, that's the phrase that we usually 
throw out there when we're like kicking back on the beach, chilling with no responsibilities, right? Like that's when we're on vacation, we're like, oh, this is the life. What David is saying, like, man, his life was really difficult, okay? He's gone through some crazy stuff, and yet he knows. It's, 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 you're, you're the one who restores my soul. He's the one that gives me life. I, like, it doesn't matter what the circumstances, it doesn't matter the surroundings and all the things that I'm dealing with. We are in Christ, and so those of us who are in Christ, no matter what it is we're dealing with, we can say, this is the life. This is the life. And he says, he, he leads me. He restores my soul, and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Uh, you ever had trouble staying on the right path and gotten off on the wrong path? Anybody? Um, we all struggle with it. When we come to this like path of righteousness, we all really struggle sticking to that, like we like, like struggle to stay on it. Really, uh, the reality is, until Jesus changed you, we never got on that path in the first place. Okay, we were born into sin, into unrighteousness. Maybe you noticed this, but you don't have to teach your kids how to walk on the unrighteous path. That just comes naturally. Amen, parents. Amen. And 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 then, like, unfortunately, we. Uh, you know, we just join right in there and often help lead them astray anywhere. And we see our kids doing the exact same things that we do. And I've had those moments where I just want to like, and then I see what they're doing. And it's like exactly what I did last week. And I'm like, yikes, right? See, see, we we all struggle. Uh, we, We want to be on the path of righteousness. But man, we, we, we struggle to stay on this path. We struggle to, to, to walk the way that God wants us to. But he leads us in this. But I want you to notice this. The way that he leads us in that is not by our own effort or our own resolve. The way that we are led in paths of righteousness is by the gospel. Because Jesus is the fulfillment of this song. He is the good shepherd. And what did the good shepherd do? He laid down his life for the sheep. Why did he do that? Well, he died for our sin, right? So, so think about what's happening here. He took our unrighteousness. That's, that's the path that we're all on. He took our unrighteousness, and, and Scripture says that he became sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He gives us his righteousness so that we can stand before God as righteous. We're on the path of righteousness, so now we live in light of who we are. That, that we want to walk on the path of righteousness. Not, that, that, that's not something that we have to do in order to be righteous. It's because that's who we are in Christ. We're walking in the righteousness of Jesus and the fruit that His Spirit is producing in us. And, and so we have His righteousness and now He leads us in righteous living. And the reason he's able to do that is because he's done this work in us. He's given us a new heart, a new desire, so that we want him. And we want to do what is righteous. 
In fact, just to prove that, that when your shepherd is leading, you have all you need, I want you to see this text, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. This is what uh, the scripture tells us in this. Uh, 2 Peter 1, 3 says, His uh, divine power has granted to us uh, not some things. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So he is, he is granted to us, meaning he has given us, which, which means I have this, and he's given us all things. Like I have all I need for life and, 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 and godliness. We, meaning this, I have all that I need in order to have eternal life and to live this life in godliness. And notice what the text says. It's through what? It's through knowing Jesus. That, that, that I'm not living for acceptance, but I am living from acceptance. I am accepted by God because I've been given the righteousness of my good shepherd who laid down his life for me. So now I want to live my life for him. Which is why he says here in Psalm 23 verse 3 uh, that, that he does this for his namesake. Because it's all about his glory. Listen, when I'm living righteously, that doesn't say anything about me. Uh, it only highlights his holiness and his faithfulness and his power at work in me. That's not me. That's the work that God is doing. I have all that I need when God is leading me in this because he's my shepherd. This is one of those moments that, like, I just want to encourage you. You're, you're going to feel this where you just know you need God. And, and, and we just cried out in our songs, I'm desperate for you. I'm lost without you. These are moments that kind of level us and bring us back to, to, to reality where we know we need the Lord. We need to pray a prayer of confession and submission. Like, Lord, you're the shepherd. You lead me. And you look to him to provide for you, to give you peace, to, to guide you, to empower you, to be like him. Lord, we need you. Let me give you the second confidence-building and comforting truth that I see here in this text. Is this. Uh, because my shepherd is with me, I have no reason to fear. Verse 4 takes a little bit of a turn. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What he's saying is, life is not always going to be this mountaintop experience in the beautiful sunshine. Don't you love that Scripture's just honest? It doesn't always feel like green pastures and still waters. The Bible actually assumes that we're going to go through the valley. And, and that, that the, the phrase there, the valley of the shadow of death, could also be translated as, as the valley of deep darkness. I think this is an important reminder for us so, so that we don't make the false assumption that because God is a, a good shepherd and he provides for us and he, and he, and he uh, makes us lie down in green pastures and he leads us beside still waters and he's, he's going to give us this peace, he's going to give us this security, that, that doesn't mean uh, that, that we're just going to skate through life and avoid 
hardship and never have to go through suffering and, and, and life isn't going to be... That's just not consistent with reality or what the Bible teaches. You are going to have some days that get really dark. I love what David says about them. Even though, like I know it's coming. I get it. This is part of life. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's the application. I have no reason to fear. Why? Look at the text. The reason is that you are with me. You have a good shepherd who does not abandon you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And man, you're going to experience his comforting presence. I just don't want you to forget this. You're going to need this. If you don't feel like you need it now, you will. You're going to need to be reminded of this truth. I know that... um, we're going through a really challenging season as a church. It's, it's not easy to do a pastoral transition. But listen, I also know that you have, uh, there's like so much else uh, that's going on in your life uh, personally uh, right now. And I realize that sometimes these things can, these seasons can be crushing. They can be defeating. It can be scary. I don't know what it is for you. It, 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 can, it can feel overwhelming. It can feel stressful. It can feel uh, lonely. And, and, and nobody really wants to go through darkness. Like, I'm not saying that you're, like, afraid of the dark or anything. Like, I, like I, I realize we're all adults in here, well, most of us. Um, but, but even when we're going through darkness, whenever, whenever that comes, sometimes we just don't want to have to go through it. We, we, we just want to, like, uh, you know, huddle down and, like, cower in a corner and curl up and, 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 and put our hands over our, our, our head and close our eyes and just hope that it all just, just goes away. But the truth that will bolster your courage and help you do what the text says, because look at it, he says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The thing that's going to help you actually walk through it with confidence is this reality that you are not alone, that God is with you. And notice God is, uh, David here switches from talking about God in the third person to uh, directly talking to God here. It's in these moments when you're down. It's when you don't have confidence. We need to look up and we pray directly to the Lord. Remember who He is, that we would experience His presence and cry out to the Lord, God, I need you right now. I'm in the middle of a dark valley. I need you. I love how James 4 says that if you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. There's going to be moments where you're going to feel this. I want to encourage you, draw near to him. Don't focus on the things that make you afraid. But focus your mind on the truth. Think intentionally about the truth of his presence. This is who he is. He says, verse 4, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So um, it's very possible that, you know, a lot of times we think of those things as like, you know, like a shepherd's crook, right? And, and it's very possible that the, these are actually two different things. The rod might actually be like a, more like a club or, or, or a, a heavy stick that, that a shepherd would have used uh, to protect and to fend off um, predators that would want to eat or destroy the sheep. And then, then you've got a staff that he would use to, to guide and, and lead sheep through uh, a dangerous territory and maybe even count them to make sure that every single one of them was okay. In fact, I, 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 I was um, also in uh, Jordan. I've got another picture here for you. We were in Penuel on the mountain where uh, Jacob wrestled with God 
And on the way up, I just saw a bunch of random sheep climbing the mountain. And you could see from just kind of the rocky territory or the, the, the terrain here, like climbing up and, and down a mountain, you could see how easily it would be uh, for sheep uh, to get hurt. And they're vulnerable enough, besides the fact that they're like climbing all over these rocks, right? And so you can just imagine what the, the imagery here is that God is the one who is protecting us. He is fighting for us. We even sang that tonight, that heaven comes to fight for me. God fights for me and he protects me, but he's also guiding. He's using his staff to to lead us through dangerous places and he's doing this for our good. And when we know that God is leading us, when we know that he's protecting us like this, what it does is it, it brings us comfort. It alleviates the, the distress and the fears that, that we're feeling and, and actually calms our emotions. It just gives us strength. But I want to tell you, the comfort that we have when we're in the valley of the shadow of death is that our good shepherd laid down his life for us. Meaning, listen, he went through death and he overcame. And after his resurrection, Jesus conquered sin and death. He gave this promise to us as his disciples in Matthew 28. He said, behold, hey, check this out. Don't forget this. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And what an encouraging truth. Just be comforted by this. You have no reason to fear. No matter what it is that you're going through, you have what you need in Christ. And he is overcome. He is with you. He is leading. He is guiding. He is protecting. He will take care of you. Let me give you one last confidence-building and comforting truth here that I see. Because my shepherd is inviting me, I enjoy him. Verse 5 He says, you prepare a table before me. So so the imagery is kind of shifting a little bit here. I I love watching uh, Carissa use her hospitality gifts. It's a lot of fun in in our house. Like she literally like made our table and uh, puts a bunch of awesome food on it. And so I just love uh, this imagery here. It it turns from the shepherd as much to, to more of a host. Who, who invites us in to a, a banquet feast. And because I'm a foodie, do we have any other foodies in here? All right. This is pretty sweet. I like this sounds amazing. He's not just giving us like a little cliff bar or, or some gorp, like some trail mix like to, so, to, to sustain us on our journey in case we get hungry while we're walking through the valley. He welcomes us to something more. Man, this is better than like a all-you-could-eat Chick-fil-A buffet, which I don't even know why that's not a thing yet, but like, like that's awesome. But imagine like the best foods, the best desserts, and they're just sprawling across the table. We are invited to feast with him. As Isaiah 55 says that we would delight ourselves in rich food. God is inviting us into experience this. But notice, this is kind of crazy. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So apparently these guys that are like snarling at us, they're, they're sitting over here angry and, and they want to hurt us and yet they can't touch us. 
And we're just pounding down food uh, in in this feast that we get to experience. I, I love one commentator said this, the enemies are powerless to prevent the enjoyment of God's generous hospitality. Nothing is going to stop us from enjoying the blessings of God. And I love that it's, it's not that, that, that he just makes all the difficult things in life go away. He's, he's like reminding us, man, David had a really, really difficult life. But even in the midst of this, you can still experience his peace and his security and the abundance of his provision in the middle of, of dark and difficult and scary circumstances. And David says that you anoint my head with oil. That, that, that just kind of indicates the, the welcome of this invitation. And, and it's a symbol of joy. So, so we're here to party here, okay? And he says, so much so that my cup overflows. Where you're just experiencing the overwhelming abundance of his generosity until you're just spilling over what this text reminds us is that because Jesus is the fulfillment of this, he is more than enough. He is always more than enough. We get to enjoy him. He says, verse 6, we, we, we sang some of this already. We're going to. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Because the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep, we are being chased down, but not by, not by his judgment, not by his wrath, not by his, we're being chased down by his goodness and his mercy. His goodness is running after me. I feel like we should sing that, Pastor Henry. He says this, I, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It all culminates there, that, that this glorious truth in the gospel, that he has made it possible for sinners to be forgiven and accepted and live with a holy God. Now, when I was a kid, um, I'm just being honest with you, I, I, I kind of had a hard time imagining heaven as a place that I was actually excited to go to. Anybody else experience this? Kind of like thinking about clouds and like a mansion and some streets of gold. And you're like, I guess that's, yeah, that's kind of cool. I was a little bit more excited to go to like SeaWorld. Or, or even, like, go get a Happy Meal at McDonald's, you know? Like, that sounded a little bit more exciting at the time. Here's what I didn't realize. I didn't understand that the point of eternal life with the Lord is Him. He is the treasure. He is the bread of life. He is the rich food. He is the one we want. The goal of this this gospel invitation, this table that has been prepared for us is that we would enjoy him and knowing that we get to enjoy him forever. I have spent the last five years preaching this book here so that you would know and love Jesus Christ. I just want you to see his glory on display in the gospel so that he would be the desire of your heart 
he would be the satisfaction of your soul and that your cup would overflow. God, I pray that you would do that. Would you make yourself real to us again? We're so grateful that when, uh, when we're in seasons where we recognize our own vulnerability, our own weakness, we can trust that you are a good shepherd. You are the one that gives peace and security and provision. You are the one. You're the reason that we can dwell secure. You're the reason we don't have to be freaking out and fearing. You're the reason we don't have to keep running after something else, chasing after something that is going to satisfy. excited about having